1: Welcome to So Money.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to So Money. How are you? I'm your host, Farnush Tarabi. What a joy to host this show and to have you join me for today's incredible guest. His name is Dan Price, CEO of Gravity Payments. You know who I'm talking about. This man made headlines and he continues to be in the spotlight for good reason. He announced last week that he will be raising the minimum wage at his company to $70,000 per year. He is changing lives. And so for all those good reasons, he is a public role model these days, one for all of us to see, witness, and learn from. And today he is here to teach us all. And what's more, he is actually taking a pay cut and reducing his CEO salary from $1 million to $70,000 a year as well obviously Dan is not your typical CEO. His leadership has earned him multiple awards, including the 2014 Seattle Business CEO Excellence Award, the Entrepreneur Magazine Entrepreneur of 2014 Award, and 2010 SBA National Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Dan started his company almost a decade ago when he was 19 years old out of his dorm room at Seattle Pacific University with seed money given to him from his brother. Three takeaways from our interview with Dan. What he says to some skeptics that his pay raise is short-sighted. How the salary shift will impact Dan's life. Remember, his salary is going from a million to $70,000. And the great financial lessons he learned as a child growing up in rural Idaho, homeschooled until the age of 12, in fact. Here is Dan Price. Dan Price, welcome to So Money. What an honor to have you on the show.
1: Thanks. I'm really pleased to be here.
0: Well, congratulations. For starters, it's been an amazing week for you and your employees and really the country. No one can stop talking about this. Uh, The fact that you're raising minimum wage at your company, Gravity Payments, to $70,000. Obviously, employees are over the moon. I've been watching them on TV talking about how they plan to now start that family, buy that house, get out of debt. You're changing lives. I'm curious, though, what was the reaction from your inner circle, your friends, your family, and even your industry peers who are out there running their own companies? Were they like, geez, thanks, Dan. Way to, you know, raise the bar here for us. No pressure.
1: You know, I think at first there was a lot of skepticism and, and, you know, especially with folks that I talked to prior to the announcement, there was some concern that, you know, potentially that uh, this could be something that, that I might regret or, or cause a lot of risk. But when I talk them through the risk and reward and the growing problem of inequality, you know, uh, you know the, the growing problem that as a country and as a world is important to me, but also just in my team and what I observed in terms of people that are very smart and very hardworking, uh, not being able to make ends meet and not really seeming to have a very clear path to get there. You know, we're always trying to improve that for them in other ways. Um, you know, it, it, it just seemed to make sense in a lot of ways. And so I've gotten an enormous amount of, of positive response. Got a little bit of negative response, but, you know, I've, I've gotten hundreds of emails from CEOs that are saying either they're going to do something similar or they're proud uh, to do business with us because we do this, um, or they see why they get treated so well by our team because, you know, these are people that really care about each other. So it's been overwhelmingly positive so far, uh, quite a bit more than I even expected, to be honest.
0: And you said from the beginning that this is really just an experiment for now. How will you be measuring its success?
1: First and foremost will be our client satisfaction you know, um, that's what we've always built the whole company on. In my mind, you know, I am a, a Butler, I'm a servant for our clients, which are amazing independent businesses all over the country. And, and you know, we, we help them accept credit cards for less expensive and and give them great service. And, and so if our clients are more satisfied, that's going to be to me the, the most important bellwether. Um, you know, we, we never really had trouble attracting talent because we're very purpose-oriented. We never really had trouble retaining talent because the most important thing we provide to our team is not money, but it's an opportunity, opportunity to serve, opportunity to grow. But um, I do think that there was some level of distraction, and, and, and there, there must have been, when you're living, uh, you know, so close to paycheck to paycheck. And so I really honestly believe that removing that distraction will significantly uh, increase our ability to to care for our clients. And you know, a lot of folks are talking about, oh, publicity this and all that. But to tell you the truth, we don't actually make money on a new client until the second or third year that we do business with them. And so for us, our our product and our service and, and everything about the way we deliver has to get better from this. It can't just be something that helps on the sales and marketing side.
0: So productivity really has to improve for this to be viable? I think
1: so. Yeah, I think so. But and it's a lot of it's quality. You know, we're all, as a a country and, and, and everybody, we're obsessed with numbers, right? Things that can be quantified. But there are a lot of things that are really important in business that can't be quantified. And we can feel it when we deal with a company that really has our best interests at heart, that cares for us, that gives us great service in a way that cannot be quantified. And for me, I think this will solve and help for a lot of things that can't be quantified. And so the way that we will quantify it will go back to basically two questions. Are you satisfied uh, with Gravity as your credit card processor to our clients, number one? And number two, how motivated are you to refer your friends and family that also own businesses to us? And we'll know, we'll know if we got the stuff that can't be quantified right by that, that quantification.
0: And how long do you think it'll take to measure that?
1: A couple of years? It's still so early to say, you know, um, I'm sitting here eight days past the announcement and I was expecting it was a very emotional day. You know, this has been boiling up in my soul for 10 years. And so it finally boiled over and and it was a huge release to kind of take the the lid off the pot. Uh, And so that was really exciting and emotional. And then, you know, since then... Uh, you know, a lot of people have been really excited about it and have encouraged me to try to share my story with the hopes that it will inspire other people to also, you know, come together and do their part on income inequality. And so, you know, so I've, I've really been uh, spinning around a little bit and I think that uh, it could take probably a couple of years, if not longer.
0: Well, I'm curious about your personal story, and we're going to dig deeper in a couple of minutes, but uh, just a few more questions about the announcement. You were inspired yep. to raise the, min- the minimum wage because of a Princeton study that you read, and it's very well known that found that emotional well-being rises with income, but only to an extent, right? And that extent is around seventy seventy five thousand dollars $75,000. But was right. it just the study that was really the game changer for you? You said this was boiling up in you for a long time. Certainly the numbers also had to make sense in terms of how it would work for your your bottom line.
1: Yeah, and in the past, you know, I I, I couldn't do anything like this. We couldn't afford it. And so that relieved a little bit of of that imperative to me. But to me, once you know the right thing to do and it's the right thing for everybody involved and going to be beneficial for everyone involved, that's when it becomes a moral imperative to actually go through and do it and and so in the past as much as I would have wanted to do something like this it wasn't practical it wasn't the right timing and so you know with that Princeton study one of the other lines from that that really hit home with me was you know the dollars that you're making underneath that amount are causing uh, harm to your well-being and you know that to me is like powerful stuff and you know, we only get to live this what life once, And I want everybody that I'm partnered with at Gravity to really live the fullest, best life that they can. And so, you know, that was a big part of it. And to be honest with you, you know, all of that studies and stuff, you can throw it out the window. You know, if you just talk to people around Seattle or, or, or really anywhere and you see how it's impacting them, you know, that's the top thing for me. So, the, the, the day that I decided to do this, uh, I was on a hike with a friend that, you know, had her rent piped up a little bit, and she's incredibly smart, very hardworking, and her employer, you know, does a great job to take care of her, but market rates being what they are and living expenses being what they are, it was creating a very difficult, stressful situation for her.
0: Now, for you, this is also going to be a a shift. You're going from a million dollars in salary to 70000 What sort of lifestyle and financial planning shifts will this mean for you?
1: Yeah. Well, so my pay is based on market rates and basically what would it cost to replace me as a CEO. And so that's going to be a little bit of a shift. And I do think in the long term, it needs to get back to that because, you know, if there's somebody better for the job that's available or if for some reason I can't fulfill my duties, the company needs to, you know, plan for that and have and be ready to hire a CEO. And so um, so we, we will have to at some point get back to market rates. But in the short term, um, to be honest with you, my, I was not going to cut back on coffee.
0: Are you going to sell your car? Like, well, what's I am. Gonna... <laughs> but, my, but I wasn't linking
1: my lifestyle to how much I was making probably as much as some people do. And so that'll make it easier. Um, I've been driving the same car for 12 years. I live in a fairly normal house, fairly normal circumstances. So I may have to sell my house, to be honest, because it is a very nice house. And I don't want to do that. I'm trying to figure out how I, how I won't have to do that. You know, maybe eat out less and a few things like that. But fortunately, I had um, I, I planned out things well enough that I'm hoping that I, I will have minimal disruption to my life, given you know how busy I'm at work, to be honest with you.
0: How long did you keep this inside of you? I mean, when did you decide to do this and when did you make the announcement? Because I would be like, I'd be bursting at the seams.
1: It it was a tough, it was two weeks and one day. It was 15 days. I was hiking on a Sunday and I decided. (laughs) And then two weeks later on the following Monday, I I made the announcement. And I woke up with night terrors, um, which I always sleep great. I couldn't sleep for those two weeks. I was tempted to say, never mind to myself. Uh, especially before I started telling, you know, some close conference and stuff. But I was just like, you know, this is crazy. Like, you know, there's all this money that's going to go out. And like, you know, there's so many other things we could do with that. It was really, really difficult. But at the end of the day, I really believe that the best investment that we could make as a company was to make this investment into our people. And it was, as a result, a huge relief when I finally made the announcement.
0: Well, now I'm curious to learn a little bit more about your personal financial profile. I mean, what kind of a financially minded and financially experienced person arrives at a place of becoming not just a CEO of a company, but one who um, has the moral high ground to raise a minimum wage to $70,000 a year? So, And I ask this of all my guests, from Tony Robbins to Seth Godin, what's your financial philosophy, Dan? You know, a money mantra that guides your decisions Mm -hmm. in your financial and business life. If you had to you know boil it down to one sentence. I'll give you two sentences if you need it.
1: Well, I'll I'll give you one word impact, right? So so for me, it, like, it's all about impact. Like I want to live a good life and I know and I want to be happy and I know what's going to make me happy is making a big impact and like changing the world out there. And so for me, money is a means to an end. Uh, it, it it has no value in and of itself. And I try to remember that there are multiple ways to make money, or excuse me, to, to, to use money to make an impact, but also multiple ways that don't involve money. And I'm reminded of a quote, and I can't remember if it's Gandhi or Nelson Mandela or somebody else, but the quote is, it's a lot easier to change the world than you think. And, you know, I think that all of us, you know, if we just do our part and, you know, it's not a matter of like trying to have some grandiose vision, doing the right thing for what's in front of you, being focused on the here and now. Um, I think we can all make a big difference if we all commit to do that.
0: Now, you grew up in rural Idaho, right? That's correct. Raised, uh, homeschooled until the age of twelve. You were th- living thirty miles from the closest grocery store. I, I cite the New York Times for this uh, for this intel. How would you describe your exposure to money growing up as a kid? What would you say was your biggest money memory that impacted you as an adult in terms of how you think and act with your yeah. own money today?
1: Well, my parents uh, uh both came from very modest backgrounds. Uh, neither one of them went to college, and they started our family very young, so they're both in their early twenties, and I'm the fourth of six kids. So they worked incredibly hard and and them working incredibly hard was a necessity and for me to be able to see that example from both of them was incredibly helpful and I think it I think it's it's probably the biggest thing that shapes how I look at money, but also You know, they, they, they were, you know, they wanted to, to give us a good life and all that kind of stuff. There was always a reason why. And my parents always had values that were more important than money. You know, my dad would ask me a question when I was growing up. He'd say, How much money is your integrity worth? And, or, or what grade on that test is your integrity worth or anything? And his point was, you know, there's no amount of money that he would, be willing to sell his integrity for. And that was ingrained in me in a very, very young age.
0: Your dad was a huge influence in your life. And, and he was, um, he is you know, an, an advocate for, well, he's a very prominent speaker in the business world. Tell us a bit more mm-hmm. about that relationship and how he may have been a bit of a role model for you.
1: Absolutely. Role model, mentor, everything. As a kid, uh, I really looked up to my dad. He worked so hard. And I determined that if I could just be one-tenth of the, the man that he is, both as just a man, but also a businessman, that I could consider my life to be a huge success. And so, you know, he, um, he had me reading business books at a very young age, had me studying. He talked to me like I was an adult at a very young age. He let me sit at the table as he was talking to colleagues and associates and, you know, even you know, get a word in here or there. So it was incredibly helpful, and even now today, um, anytime I'm facing a tough decision, even like this one, you know, I call them when I made it before I announced it and said, dad, you know, tell me the pros and cons as you see it, tell me your concerns, tell me if you've seen anything like this before, you know, what, what should I be watching out for? And I, you know, I made sure to hear him out and hear what he had to say before I made a decision.
0: What did he have to say about the latest announcement?
1: You know, he said that, um, he said there are really three ways to set pay. Uh, one is based on what it takes to live, which is what this one's based on. And he said then the other ones are based on how much value you're adding and or the market rate. And he said as long as I was still compensating folks at the top, you know, above that, based on market rate and how much value they're adding, he thought that um, I had every right and ability to that, kind of that starting point wherever I wanted.
0: Yeah, because that's sort of one of the misperceptions as I was reading about this announcement and, and reading both sides of the... Because it, it has sparked a debate, right? And so right. there are some people who are misled to believe that every one of the company will always make $70,000. So there's like this... People call it socialism, um, but yeah. you just proved them wrong. Like this is actually just... Um, you're, this is the minimum wage and that people have the potential to be compensated even more.
1: Yeah, it's a starting point, And I think the. It's dangerous for a number of reasons. One is a practical business solution kind of preempts the political discussion. And a lot of these folks make their money based on political disagreement and polarization and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I think that it is somewhat threatening to uh, to certain certain people out there. And then also, you know, I'm not sure how relevant it is to like a widespread minimum wage and you know, our results of an economy or cities competing against each other. But I'm sure there are people that will look at it and say it is relevant and will try to determine, you know, if our success or failure leads to some type of conclusion on that debate as well.
0: Well, speaking of failure, you transitioned us very well because I ask this of my guests too often, which is what would you say was your greatest financial failure? What happened and what did you learn?
1: Well, in 2008, when the recession hit, I was running my company largely as a nonprofit. We weren't making any money. We didn't have any goals of making any money. And we were so happy because our clients loved us and they trusted us. And we just said, we're just going to do this forever. And, uh, you know, everything was going very well. But then the recession hit and we lost 20% of our revenue overnight. And I didn't plan for it. And, and there again, back then, I it was close to 80% or 90%. I took an 80% pay cut to help us get through that. And, uh, we were able to get through without doing any price increases and no layoffs and no benefits cuts, but just barely. We got lucky. I mean, there were three distinct points where we almost, we almost didn't make it. And so I promised myself that the next time I faced a recession, I would be prepared for it because we were small enough that we could kind of recover just based on willpower. But I knew when we were bigger, it would take a little bit more. Planning and, and uh, having a better contingency to get through it.
0: And you are a distinguished CEO. You've been recognized by many magazines as the top CEO, and you're very young. Mind if I ask your age?
1: Not at all. I'm thirty years old. Thirty I'm years old. Thirty-one in May.
0: Amazing! Amazing to be just thirty and having accomplished so much. And so, last week was a spectacular announcement. So, prior to that, though, what would you say would uh, would merit the title of my so money moment, you know, my biggest financial success moment. Okay, so
1: I got a I got a, a quick one that, that's a perfect example of me. So I had uh, somebody just starting out, an administrative person, that apparently reached out to Entrepreneur Magazine and asked them about this Entrepreneur of the, the Year Award, and they said, "Oh yeah, we know who your boss is. Like, send us some info on him. Like, we'll consider him." And I thought it was crazy. And then she came back and she's like, oh, you're a top 10 finalist. We need to make a video, but we're kind of late. It's due next Tuesday. This was a Thursday. And we need to make it right away. They're going to put it on their website and it's going to be part of the process, this video. And there's going to be voting and all that. I said, you guys are crazy. There's zero chance that we have to do this. We're really busy. I really don't. I'd I'd been in the limelight a little bit, you know, the week before, and I just didn't want any more attention. And I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. They begged me. And then on Friday, they begged me again, so I did it. And then one of our entry-level tech support guys, like a call center guy, was like, well, I know how to make videos. And I was like, sure you do. You know? <laughs> Your employees
0: do and, deserve a raise. My goodness. Yeah.
1: And and so he uh, he, he made this video over the weekend, uh, and it went viral on Entrepreneur Magazine's website, and that was probably why we ended up being named Entrepreneur of the Year, and I ended up on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, and, like, that's a perfect example of the type of life that I have and what inspired me to make this type of decision because I was kicking and screaming the whole time, and they're like, hey, Dan, we need you out front on this one, and, you know, a lot of times I'm more comfortable behind the scenes, and and it it changed my life in a way, right? Like, that's one of those Mm -hmm. things that, you know, is really cool to have that anybody would dream of having. I never really like sought it out in a way, but I was really, really happy and excited about it.
0: And then you're on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. What a happy ending to that story. My goodness. Uh, Wow. Well, I'm sure you're a man of many habits, um, hopefully mostly good ones. When it comes to your financial life, what's your number one money habit?
1: You know, I'm a saver. Um, It's just just ingrained in me, so I'm always doing contingency planning. there's a part of me that thinks that um, when everybody else is spending and things are crazy, that's the time to really double down on the saving. And then when everybody else is maybe kind of panicked a little bit, um, you know, that's the time when you might consider doing a little bit more spending or upgrading a home or maybe you know making some capital improvements or whatnot. And so I try to just go against the grain a little bit, and I try to save as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I think it was Warren Buffett who had a saying something like, you know, when everyone's running to the forest and to the woods, that's when you want to be making, taking a little bit of risk and spending your money investing in, in areas where everyone's, you know, uh, yep. exiting. So that's very smart. We are almost wrapped up here, Dan. I know you're a busy guy. And uh, I have a fun end to the show, which is just fill mm-hmm. in the blanks. So money, fill in the blanks. Starting, I start a sentence, you finish it for me. If I yeah, if I won the lottery tomorrow, if, I don't take you as a lottery player, but if you did win some big money, let's say a hundred million dollars, what's the, the first thing you would do is
1: I, I would I would probably um, that's so tough. I have no idea honestly. <laughs> um, You'd keep I, your I'd house. Prob- <laughs> I'd, prob- I'd probably keep everything the same for a really long time. And think about it for a really long time. <laughs>
0: so you would you would take pause. Okay, that's fair.
1: That's smart. Yeah, I pause. I pause. That's the word.
0: The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is.
1: Ooh, um, I would say exercise. I don't mind if it's related to exercise or some type of like outdoor adventure. I'm willing to spend whatever. <laughs>
0: and Seattle's perfect for that. Exactly. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on, maybe too much, but it's my guilty pleasure and I love it. What is it?
1: Ooh, uh, I like to the massage every once in a while.
0: Right on. Yeah, I get, I get that from a number of CEOs. I sense there might be some stress in your lives.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just a little. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is?
1: Um. That it's not as important as it seems.
0: Hmm. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because
1: um, I like to give to uh, causes where where they're they're entrepreneurial because the money can go even further.
0: Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I'm Dan Price, and I'm so money because.
1: I have an amazing team and amazing clients.
0: Well, we are thankful for you, Dan, for being a leader in this space. We need more people like you, more CEOs like you. And I'm I'm going to latch on to one of your quotes. It's actually your dad's quote, which is, how much is your integrity worth? I think that's a good question for all of us to consider and ask once in a while. Thank you so much and hope to have you back. And we'll be watching your success.
1: Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Thanks again to my phenomenal guest, Dan Price. If you'd like to learn more about him and his mission and the company, Gravity Payments, check out their website, gravitypayments.com. Dan is also on Twitter at DanPriceSeattle. We've got all this information at somoneypodcast.com as well as the comments for this episode. And there, while you're at So Money Podcast, click on Ask Farnoosh. It's a way for us to connect. Send me your biggest, baddest money question or question about your career, about life, about babies. I get it all and I try to answer it all. On the weekends, I dedicate Saturday and Sunday to answering your questions on my Ask Farnoosh episodes. And as a reminder, if you'd like to connect with me even further for, say, a one-on-one, a 15-minute money session, I give away one a week for free to listeners who leave a review on iTunes. So if you've yet to leave a review, hop on now, leave a review. Every Saturday at the top of the show, I pick one new reviewer, uh, read the review out loud to the audience, and then that person wins a free 15-minute money session with me. So if this interests you, I encourage you to do this, and I hope that we will connect. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, of course, to my amazing guest, Dan Price. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope it's so money.